back to the Guardian Light on Route 66. My name is Jaime, and here we have Father Richard Vega with us. Hey, Jaime, how you doing today? A little tired, but good overall. Long day? Yeah, long week. Oh, long Between week. yesterday, the election anxiety. Mm. Told myself I wouldn't really look at the Apple News app, and they have it just so colorfully done that Irrible it tells you a little about you the election. the bright colors, oh, the pretty lights. I just need somebody to take my phone for the day, and maybe I'll gain some well, sanity. I can help you with that. Yeah. But then I'll be just anxious of not having it. That's a whole other deal. That's all right. But I did like the Day of the Dead celebration that we had on Monday. That's yeah, nice. uh, that came out very, very nice. We we have some people to thank for that. Uh, Donna and Deacon Mike Flores, uh, who pre-COVID were handling our uh, bereavement ministry. And every year they, they along with a, a team of people, really get together and uh, do some work. And I have to admit, it was kind of was going to be much more challenging this year because we didn't have the inside of the church and uh, we didn't have a whole lot of funerals. I mean, we normally get from the November 3rd to the next November or 1st or the 31st of October uh, to get. So we weren't really sure how many people can turn out. I think one of the things that COVID has shown us is that uh, a lot of our parishioners, a lot of people in general, really could not go through the grieving process of uh, of mourning the loss of a loved one. That was real clear. Uh, there's one parishioner uh, who whose husband died maybe like early March, and by the time the funeral came around, we went from a no vigil service no funeral service, the celebrant she wanted wasn't able to come, the backup wasn't able to come, and the uh, only thing they got was the graveside with, I believe it was two or three people there, and that was it. So it, it was very hard for, for her, because in her mind, she thought her, her, her spouse, her husband, deserved more and, and got none of it. He probably did for what was given, and I guess they're, they're events that shock us, um, and and death itself. I mean, it, it's it's going to happen to everybody, but um, so there's that to contend with. It also sounds like a lot of planning, kind of like almost like a wedding. So weddings, when they don't get everything they want, then they also kind of have a similar Unhappy reaction. Bride. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that happens with everybody. I think the ordination, priesthood well, ordination, priesthood ordination was the same this year. Yeah, I think COVID uh, short circuited a lot of planning. But you know, that's unusual that there is planning. Most people don't plan funerals. Yeah, it, it's too. one of those things that everyone avoids because no one wants to talk about. Why do you think that. they avoid it? Well, it because it no it it makes clear our frailty. Some people think it's morbid. Uh, some people think it, it, it's an unpleasant conversation. Why, if you're alive and well and enjoying everything, are you talking about death? And yet, the planning of death really needs to be something both from financial aspect as well as what it is that you want. Well, uh, even the wording itself, like uh, we we have, you know, the the right that we have itself that says, you know, right of Christian funeral, Christian burial, Christian burial, Christian funerals, funerals, yeah, funerals. And then um, in Spanish, it's translated to Rito de... Exequias. Exequias? Exitas? Kind of like exits. Exequias. Exequias, yeah. Exequias. So, I mean, there's the wording that the church uses, and then you have a new kind of wording kind of coming up, celebration of life. 
because we don't want to look at death, we want to look at their life, which is true, but I think death reveals that life that they had. But I think, you know, I think one of the things you have to recognize is that what we do in death is celebrate the transition from this mortal life to our everlasting life. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the symbols that are used are um, the baptismal symbols. We use the Paschal candle, we use the white pall, we use the uh, holy water. The holy water. So a lot of the baptism pieces are there. I know that some of my brothers, uh, even the colors that we use, some people, some priests would prefer to still use the black vestments. Uh, others would think about maybe purple vestments. That's been a real resurgence recently, actually. No. Oh uh, yeah, With the black I, I would, vestments. Well, because I would say that after the Second Vatican Council, to most recently, there has been it was white. Yeah. With the idea on new life. Uh, resurrection themes. The prayer itself says they were clothed with Christ in baptism, so here now we clothe them. Yeah, And I think, I don't know if black came in more recently as something, as a novelty, or the idea that it reflects kind of a somber attitude that needs to be present at at the liturgy and reflecting on one's own purification process or, or the family's letting go mm-hmm. and purple is more of the self-penitential piece mm-hmm. so i know there i know that during lent we here at the parish go more with the purple outside of that we usually do the white um i know you and i have talked about the possibility of black yeah but uh we haven't gotten to that point yet i guess i still i still have this idealized I don't know what to call it. Uh, idealization of, of a, a funeral. Yeah, romanticized. You have, of, you know, you have the horse-strong carriage with the ostrich feathers that processes through the streets. And the people kind of recognize that that family is in mourning. I think back then, it was a way in which the small town can also be of service and be of support to the family that was mourning. Because then the family would go walking behind that. No? I think, you, I, I think you're thinking of Princess Diana and president uh john f kennedy well, i'm thinking of like spain and their and the oh, yes. elegance of their royal f- in even i mean we even do that with popes now still no oh, yeah the funeral of pope john paul ii saint john paul ii he his funeral was magnificent and and had this decadence well, to he it he didn't wear black that is true but i i'm i'm referring more to like the decadence of of the funeral well i i don't know i i think that uh whenever it, it comes around to death Death is one of those subjects that either people avoid or are very uh, eager to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, so it is one of those. I guess I'm one of the eager ones. <laughs> I know you're one of the eager ones. In fact, one of your tattoos actually has one of Teresa of Avila's little famous quotes. It does. It does. Uh, it's it's a. It's and, a and, what, of what, what, and where did you find that? Um, it was in one of my classes when I was in seminary. It was a poem poem classes. Uh, it was just a set of the writings of St. Teresa of Avila. I took also another one on St. John of the Cross, but St. Teresa of Avila, and the one that stuck out to me was this long um, poem, and, and the refrain just kept going back to que muero porque no muero, um, that I'm dying because I've not died yet. So the, the, the whole phrase that Father Richard's referring to in Spanish, it says, Vivo sin vivir en mí, y tan alta vida espero que muero porque no muero. So, vivo sin vivir en mí translates truthfully to, I live without living in myself, referring to St. Paul, who says, yeah. it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Y tan alta vida espero, such high is the life that I'm hoping for. The hope for heaven, right? So that, right. That's the high, the, the life that we're, we're, 
looking at and, and what the funeral rite tries to point us to, right? There's this hope of heaven to be reunited. Uh, que muero porque no muero, that I'm dying because I have not died yet. So she desires that life that in heaven so much that she experiences this physical pain on earth because the, the sense of dying because she has not died yet. And it's a play on the Spanish words, muero porque no muero. Yeah. Now explain to me the iconography because I, I I I'm not sure where you got that from. Uh, that, this is it's a picture of the angel of death from the church of Saint Peter in Chains, oh. um, in Rome. I've been and there, so, but I don't ever remember seeing that. Uh, it's it's a it's a angel of death that's kind of looking and presiding over. I think it's a casket or the the tomb of a cardinal or pope. Can't refer, can't remember which one. Mm. But they have huge, beautiful kind of aspects that memorialize the the person's life with different aspects of, of death. They, well, they, it's kind of funny that you say that because when, when, when COVID is dead, it's short-circuited the, the grieving process. Whereas before, we, we could have the vigil service yeah, and people could come and be supportive of you, then have the uh, the funeral the mass, funeral liturgy, and then have the burial, and then have a reception. Really, a lot of those pieces are, are gone right now. Yeah. So, there is, yeah. no, there is no gatherings of large groups. There, everything is very small very intimate and so the the ability to share about the, the loss of the loved one and to be told about how the loved one impacted their lives you know uh to the friends and to the family is really not said and so that really cuts down on you know maybe some of the the stages that we go through in grief i know you and i were talking earlier today about uh kubler ross's various stages of death the anger yeah. the bargaining the uh the depression you know and, and the denial and, and finally, the acceptance. And so, I, I, I think it is hard w when people go through this and haven't been able to go through all those steps. Yeah, I think I think the genius of the Catholic rites, um, especially when it comes to funeral rites, uh, it, it kind of embodies and and helps the person move through these different stages of grief. Um, and if not move at, at well, move through them. I, grief itself has no timeline. Right. Um, but at least. It helps the ball get going, yeah. so to well, say. I think we fluctuate. I think sometimes we're in anger, sometimes we're in denial, sometimes mm -hmm. we're in acceptance, sometimes we're in the bargaining. So I think we, we you, you ride the roller coaster of emotions whenever somebody close to you dies. Yes, and and that's natural and to be expected, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. The 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 thing that I like about the Catholic rites uh, specifically is that it, it has it's composed of three parts, right? The the vigil uh, liturgy, which is the night before the the funeral um, mass, and and usually people there there's readings involved um, that indicate like the sense of hope. the The prayer begins, you know, the greeting begins with my brothers and sisters. Um, we believe that all ties, the ties of love and affection that we knit throughout our lives are not unraveled with death. Right, do not unravel with yeah. death. And so confident in um, our faith and, and our hope over the resurrection, let us pray for so-and-so and their family. And um, let us also pray for ourselves. That, you know, and so it, it begins with that, the vigil. And sometimes they also include the rosary. It's, it's But you know, I, I think what, what underscores the whole thing is the importance of the Word of God, whether it be at the vigil or whether it be at the... Um, at the funeral mass, and, and even uh, a bit there at the, at the uh, the committal ceremony. Yeah, yeah, yeah And unfortunately, it, it it was kind of ha was rediscovered at the Second Vatican Council, because when I, I remember when I went to my uncle's, my grandparent uh, grandparents, uh, great grandmother's funeral, it was all just the rosary. 
you know, it's fine. My Now, I must admit that on my father's side of the family, they weren't Catholic or not Catholic. And so it was very hard. There was no rosary. It was a very simple, just you view the body, offer our condolences to my aunts and my uncles, and, and then moved on. Uh, had we had the word of God, at least that would have been a touchstone between ourselves and the other family members where we could have shared some of that. But at, at that point, this was in the early 60s and 70s, um, before you could ever near the breath of life, uh, we were, uh, it, it was still very much the rosary. In fact, you never called it a vigil. It was, uh, are you Just going to the rosary? To and it still is in some ways today. And I know we've been trying to change that little by little, but yeah, because people would just kind of go and pray the rosary or call the deacon to pray the rosary. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah there's, and, and there's the more. Is, there's more. Places, <laughs> the rosary is not part of their devotional life. And, and so, it, even if you were to add the Word of God and add some of the, the rosary pieces, I mean, it would be fine. But we, it was uh, most of the vigil services I went to when I was uh, younger were devoid of a, any uh, any scriptural passages. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I think it is important that we've included those once again into the overall ritual for for uh, for funerals. Yeah, and you know, I also still give people the option to exercise the things that they are more familiar with as well, the rosary. Yeah, um, that's the idea of the whole ro- the point of the rosary. Um, that everybody was able to kind of join in on it mm-hmm. um and then now, the eulogies as well and the vigils whoa, whoa, is something whoa, 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 nice those, too what the you the, the, you know the the people that go up and talk about and share about the life of the person yeah well, when, when, uh, because not everybody's going to be able to do that at mass we all know those no, priests no, no, that I, go I, ahead I and cut the people, people off that. and tell them no more than two minutes don't no, I cry that the eulogies be at the vigil yeah because so, there's more people there and again it it's more about a retelling or of highlighting uh, elements of their life that have nothing to do with the Christian. I mean, may have to do with the Christian life, but it's more about the transformative value of, of our our relationship to Christ. And you know, we talk about how we're drinking buddies, or we, uh, you know, we're sports buddies. I, I think eulogies focus in more on their secular life than on the the life that they live with christ so i must admit my own personal thing is that the the eulogies would be done at the vigil not at the funeral mass at all yeah yeah and i think it's a also opportunity for more than one person to go up i'd still probably say somebody's do a eulogy also at mass but i'd say probably just one person or two just to kind of maintain the time so that way there's still time to be able to go to the funeral site itself or the, the the grave site well, so, and that's one of the things more recently I've asked people to do is maybe give the eulogy at the gravesite after the church has finished its official prayers. Uh, so that, you know, because that's really the only other place where people are gathering now. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, there yeah, are, that's there, true. There's no, with COVID. Know, yeah, with COVID, there, there, there's been a real restriction. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. And the other thing, I, I don't know, if, have you been privy to, is where we now do... Um, videotapes or uh, memory videos. Yeah, yeah, That that's why... And and it's, I think it's a kind sentiment in in different ways, um, but to be done at the at the vigil, I still feel that there there's a particular uh, power, so to say, um, agency in and in having the individual go up and be able to talk about their experience of life with that person that passed away. Um, and it's also a very processing thing, you know, to process death and grief, yeah. to talk about it. Um, but I'm, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure if family started that or if uh, mortuary started that as another I mean, piece. As I, it became yeah. more available, I mean, 
screens are easy to kind of or projectors are easy to kind of come across or if a mortuary gets one they yeah. can kind of use that and and have that as another factor in which they remember the person but i think it, it hinders this ability for people to individually come up and speak about yeah. them because there's something about public speaking and then telling your story with of your relationship with that person that helps the individual process the the recent loss mm -hmm. Now, just out of curiosity, have you have you planned your funeral yet, um, or even for your parents? My parents, parents I've been are, talking to my parents about planning their funerals, just because they're. I told them after sixty, just because in my experience with funerals and and vigils and, uh, or, you know the the three parts: the vigil, the funeral mass, and the and the committal. When they're done hastily, it's it's very painful. And, and I think it's hard to do it when you're in pain to make yeah, choices. And it causes so much family drama. I've been caught in so many arguments as I arrive on scene at, at the vigil and, you know, uh, so-and-so wanted to do this, so-and-so wanted this, and and you have to kind of try to... Flip Navigate. Up. Yeah, it's, it's... it's And I, I know I will be a mess when my parents uh, pass away, so just to kind of process it. I'm like, all right, what do you want? When do you want it? This is what we're doing for the the readings, just to kind of have that all processed in. Yeah. Um, the funeral mass, I think, would would be the biggest piece. It's, I think it's it also has all the elements of it to say as we depart, you know, uh, at the very end, using the incense to incense the body or the um, the cremated remains. Yeah. the The readings themselves yeah. are are meant to indicate hope. Um, the the ritual actions, right? Mm -hmm. uh, holy water. The the at the beginning, then reminder of the baptism the pall that goes over the casket reminder of their baptism uh paschal candle that's present at the funeral mass reminder of the baptism um the readings that kind of look at hope hope for the reunification in heaven wh whatever reading they do choose um the music itself to to have them join in you know um saints of god come to their aid angels come mm -hmm. haste come in haste to greet them um receive them and bring them into the well i mean it, it harkens back heaven. to what we were, we were told on the day of our baptism you know this light is entrusted to you to be kept burning brightly mm -hmm. you so know so that at the candle. end of your, at the end of life the angels and saints may go out to greet you mm -hmm. so I, I i but there there does need to be that strong connection with our baptism and to you know we pray in eucharistic prayer too that we might be co-heirs to the kingdom of god yeah you know yeah. That, that kingdom of life and and so here at the funeral rite it is very much about celebrating that new life we have in christ there there is a another phrase as well um i don't know which eucharistic prayer it's in but you know uh, as it's the prayer is ending uh it says you know as as we're praying for everybody essentially and then the pope the bishops and everyone else and uh so that we may become you know saints before god standing among the ranks of saints oh in the banquet halls of heaven there we go yes in yes. the banquet halls of heaven forever and ever yeah and i i think that's uh either three or it's the uh, for various needs and occasions yeah 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 and i, I yeah, on the, the way to the father there we go yep and the other phrase of to those whose faith you alone have known you know in the new in the new translation it's not quite whose faith only you know yeah it's mm -hmm. not quite the same yeah and uh i think that all those pieces if if done well kind of also add to a decadence of of funerals but, 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 see i don't like the way you use decadence because that's not what it is what would you say it is it's the richness why is it a decadence because yeah, it has it has all these features that 
Yeah, but that's it, not a, see, decadent somehow means like it's used poorly. Where I would like to say that it's rich is used richly, use uh, kind of uh, to its fullest com- thing. Decadence, Decadence in the is sense like of you waste stuff without being aware of why. A decadent lifestyle. Yes, yes, but I mean, at that point, life is no longer. I know, but I I would like to say that we would we use things to its richest ability, to its fullness, to its completion. Yeah, and and here we throw it on this person that is no longer experiencing it. It's, but it's, the community it's for experiences. Us. Yes, experience but all the prayers are, are kind of situated to the person. Well, I know, but I, a lot of times, and I know some of the brothers don't don't agree with this, but I think funerals are for the living, not for the dead. Mm-hmm. They're already in the presence of God. They share in the fullness of the, the beatific vision. I think a lot of this stuff is for us to process what you were saying very, a, a lot earlier, all that pain, all that sorrow. Yeah. Um, all those pieces, the, genius of the, the, the unresolved that. issues that are that are very much locked in our hearts. Mm. Uh, I, I really do think that that's a big piece of it. Yeah. And then the burial itself also has uh, a nice set of prayers. You know, Christ whose death hollowed all the tombs um, was is now hollowing this tomb, is now making this tomb holy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a beautiful three step process. Do you have yeah. a favorite part of the funeral rites? Oh, uh, for me, I prefer the mass. The mass is is a big piece because it, it's a reminder of where our eventual gathering spot is mm-hmm. to be around the table of the Lord at the banquet hall of heaven. And the other thing too is uh, the communion. Uh, we want to be in relationship with, and so all the people that are there are in communion with. Myself, the the person who's deceased, uh, the family members and stuff. So I, I really like that. Mm. And uh, so for me, the 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 liturgy needs to be well planned and well executed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and well executed with joy. You no. Know? Yeah. Oh, it ha- it needs to have joy. Unfortunately, I've been at the funerals where I have not experienced from the presiders a sense of joy. It, it, it's almost literally a dirge. It's difficult, and even though they try to lighten the moment they themselves do not exude joy uh, i have to admit that when i celebrated my mom's funeral there were a number of parishioners who came and said i never knew funerals could be happy occasions yeah and uplifting. Uh, a very it was very uplifting and i think it's important if, if we you know one of the things that we as catholics believe is that as christians is that we believe in the alternative of the resurrection we are asked to recognize that this is not a finality but rather we lift our our vision to another possibility, and and that's hope in the resurrection, and and I think when people leave funeral rites, they need to know that the resurrection is there. It, it is a possibility. It's within our grasp. It's the life that you and I have been called to, and, and so it is important for us to to experience that in the here and now. And, and so I I think it is important to have that. So, yeah. yeah. So for me, the 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 liturgy of the of the Eucharist is, is the piece that I prefer the best because again words that express the uh, the hope and joy and then the eucharistic table giving us the foretaste of what is to come mm-hmm. yeah 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 i uh, my favorite part it'd probably be the prayers especially if if there's a celebrant that is that is able to recite or or sing the prayers slowly um there, there is, there's a beauty to it. Um, the I was meeting up with a friend the other day, and he was talking about how in in his uh, work as a psycholo- as a therapist, he he works a lot with people who have 
the grief or processing the grief of a of, of a parent, the, the the loss of a parent. And he said a lot of it involves forgiving their parents for their human faults. And mm. and so when he mentioned that, I just remember like it all, everything just came in flooding in. Like there's in almost every prayer that we have, we're asking for the forgiveness of their faults, of the person's faults, of mm. their faults. And we're asking God, but I think in some ways we're also asking the family members that are present, please forgive them all their faults. You know, if God can forgive them of their faults, committed in human error, our humanity, we're not yeah. perfect beings, then if God can forgive them, can can you forgive them? Yeah. And, and allow that process to move forward. But I do think it's important that people talk about what they want to see happen at funerals. I think all too often it's left to to chance. And so I think family members need to speak about it. I think we need to plan for it financially. I think we need to make some decisions before a person dies because there is, as you say, so much drama around death. And And I have to admit, there are family members who are no longer Catholic who sometimes choose not to celebrate the Christian funerals. And, and so, you know, we, we had a, a woman here at the parish, very well-known, very well-loved, and she was here at Mass every single day. Oh, yeah. And yet yeah, the yeah. family made a decision not to celebrate the funeral liturgy at all. All we had was a viewing service and the rite of committal. And we finally were able to talk about the fact that we could do a funeral celebration outside of Mass. And so there were so many people that just thought, how could you not? But I've told people, talk about this with your children. Yeah. Many of your children are not practicing Catholics. Many of them, you know, uh, and I, I must admit, I've also had the opposite. I remember one time when I was at another parish up in, in the northern part of our diocese, this lady came in and she goes, I'd like to have a funeral service for my, my husband. And so we started planning the whole thing. And the husband had already left some some pieces out. And uh, I said, so uh, are, are you Catholic? And she said, I'm not. And she goes, uh, nobody will be Catholic at the service. Mm, I said, excuse mm-hmm. me? I said, she goes, no. <laughs> my, my husband was born Catholic, but at a point in time left the Catholic Church. But he asked that he be buried in the Catholic Church with all the, cele- with all the funeral rites. And it was the weirdest experience. Um, the mortician and I at that time said, you know, our, our Jewish brothers and sisters and our Catholic brothers and sisters want the real deal when they die. And yeah. so whether they've been gone from uh, the church for a while, they want those ritual elements. So it was very strange. I mean, at the end, there was, I didn't realize Catholic funerals were like this. I didn't know that this was what happened. Mm-hmm. So it, it, was, it was a strong evangelizing catechetical moment. Because I'd explain everything. I mean, it was almost a quasi-teaching mass because, you know, not only are you telling when to sit or stand, but you, you have to explain things. Uh, and, and it's kind of where now I, I will talk about why we have the Paschal candle, why we have the white cloth, why we have holy water, because it is that evangelizing moment. Mm-hmm. But, it, it, but again, here was someone who planned and said to the wife, I want a Catholic funeral and left everything in place for that, wow. uh, which is kind of crazy. But, you know. It w- that was his wishes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that seems to be a lot of what my experience has been with my generation of uh, some a parent dies and and uh, they may not be practicing Catholics themselves, uh, the children, but the parents were, and so they go ahead and they they're like, I I will feel better if I have a Catholic funeral. Yeah, there's something about it. Um, but you got to plan it. Yeah, yeah. You got to prepare for it. 
Uh, there's there's a lot of AIDS out there. Uh, Where would it, you suggest some people get the AIDS? Well, you can go to any Catholic funeral sir, sir, house, uh, mortuary, and they'll help you with that. How do we know it's a Catholic funeral mortuary? Does it mention it's a Catholic? Or oh, do yeah. we just go to the, the Catholic cemeteries themselves? Or? Well, no, the Catholic cemeteries are where the, where the Catholic mortuaries are. Oh, okay. So they're we, one in the same. It's it's one in the same. So it's if you a, want information, go to a cemetery. Yeah, so Catholic locally cemetery. in our area would be, for example, uh, Queen of Heaven over in, in the Rolling Heights area, Calvary Cemetery over in East Los Angeles, uh, Holy Sepulcher out in Orange County. I'm not sure what the name's in San Bernardino, but they're all there. Mm. Uh, and you can inquire there. There's books that help you plan funerals. You can even go to any mortuary and ask if you can have a planning guide for your funerals. And, and so the stuff is there for the various services. Or you can even come and talk to us or even go to our website. And uh, we're, we're starting to put all that stuff on there. Okay. So that you could. <laughs> I wouldn't direct to the website if I didn't know what was already on it, especially since I'm the one that gave it to him. Uh, so, you know, it, it is important to plan financially, make some choices so that the family isn't caught in drama. It's, you know, like my mom was very clear. She wanted to be cremated. And at the, when, when she died, everybody, all of a sudden, everybody wanted to start changing. I said, no, she was very clear. She wanted to be cremated. So we did. And um, she wanted to be buried with my dad. So we waited until um, my dad died and we buried both of them together. Mm. But again, it, it means having those rough conversations while people are lucid. Otherwise, you spend money out of guilt. You yeah. spend... Uh, you, 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 you Is try it to pricey, make, no? It's very expensive. Um, What's the average cost of a, of a... The average cost would probably be a simple, 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 simple. It's like probably wooden 20, box 000. or cardboard box or... Oh, yeah. It's pay- about $20,000. Oh, my gosh. And what are they paying for necessarily? Um, Everything from opening the grave to the coffin, to death certificates, to the personnel that are being used, to the embalming, uh, to having uh, people there at the time of the vigil service. It's expensive to die. It's very expensive to die. A lot of people choose cremation because it's a little cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, my mom said she, and it was kind of funny, when, when they we're going to cremate her, the mortuary asked if we wanted to dress her up. And my mother had said, no, you're going to burn it. Why am I going to burn something, <laughs> buy something <laughs> and have used. it burn? So she said, no. So as God brought, as Job, what is it, Job said, naked I came forth from my mother's room and naked I returned to the Lord. So mm-hmm. my mom said, why are you going to dress me up? No, no no fancy clothes, no nothing. Oh. So so my mom was very clear-headed about that piece. Um, now with my dad, it, it got a little bit more emotional and things because it, my brother was able to convince my dad that maybe... He wanted to have something, some other stuff, and so, mm. so a lot of the original plans that we had from when my mother died, all of a sudden became, you know, got changed. Changed up. Yeah, because mm. you is so it's better to have it written down, and it's it's a done deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, but you you kind of figure cremations, well, were when my mom died about six thousand dollars. Uh, today with COVID and everything, because of the high price and everything. I would say we're probably close to 10 and a simple funeral is probably in the ground is probably about 20 25,000. Dang. Just wrap me up in a bed sheet, throw me in the ocean. That's I'm the okay Nep- with that. That's the Neptune society. <laughs> <laughs> I that yeah. Cheap in costs, I figure yeah. the Lord will restore me at the resurrection. Well, I'm I'm glad this this uh Monday was a good day for a lot of people. It was. It brought a lot of resolution, it brought a lot of closure 
Even lighting a little candle with the name on it. Yeah, was, was all those pieces were yeah. very significant. And again, celebrating our, our new life in Christ uh, in the resurrection. So, you know, as, as we kind of come to the, the, the closure of this, uh, this podcast, just realize that it is very much about um, celebrating new life in Christ, having cl- closure with family, and being able to celebrate f- truly the, um, the vigil, the mass, and the, uh, the, the, the committal, but having time to talk about it as a family so that everyone's peace is heard. And uh, at the same time, uh, don't cheapen the ceremony by all of a sudden having turtle doves being flown or pigeons thrown out or having all these things. I mean, th- those are... They're nice. But, but, I, yeah. I, but I think when you have the rich symbolism that we do in the church... Ostrich feathers, maybe funeral candles, black vestments. Simple. Simple. Like the Pope. Even the Pope had simple. That's true. There just happened to be a lot of people there. Well, it had a rich decadence to it. Self-indulgence is, yeah, is the other... Yeah, it would be self-indulgence. I think it was self-indulgence for you, of the word. not for the rest of us. Oh. I mean, that's what the funerals are for, no? The rest of us? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did say it was for the living, not the dead. <laughs> the, what's new at this at St. Francis of Rome? What's going on this week, Father? Oh, this week, this week. Well, you're starting religious ed. Confirmation has already started. Yeah. Family so, se- faith sessions are for our first communion. Yeah, so all the religious ed programs are, are off and running. Uh, we'll RCA. Be, RCA will be off shortly because all of a sudden we have a, I'm not sure how, why, but we had this huge influx of people signing up. So now I have to go through them and kind of parcel out and see if they're authentically RCIA or like the couple that just need either first communion or confirmation, which are not RCIA people. Oh, okay. RCA requires three sacraments. And then confirmation the other one's just sacramental completion. Well, two sacraments is sacramental completion. Yeah. Okay. But, if, but there's a there's a number of them that only have need one sacrament, but didn't think about telling us that. Uh, so. Yeah, that, that, that's true. And the other thing is even even uh, family members with autism or uh, uh, developmental disabilities can still make sacraments. So yeah. if, if you know anybody out there that does that, you know, put them in contact with us so we can help them. But it, but it is about sharing our new life in Christ. And whether uh, in death or in life, we want to make sure that all people receive that. We also have adoration this Friday. Oh, it no? is first Friday. Yes, first Eucharistic Friday. Position and it'll be from adoration. 8.30 to 5 o'clock, and it'll be outside in the uh, in the uh, parking lot. Yeah, and if you want to um, experience a, a small little kind of kid movie on, on um, I guess, Funeral is death. Not I don't death. know. It's on. It's it's, it's the book death. of life. No, the the school is showing the book of life. So is it book of life or Coco? No, it's the book of life. Oh, I thought it was Coco. Two Bo- different people. Oh, okay. And Sorry. so, <laughs> I've been telling I people was, Coco. I was all set to go see Coco. <laughs> oh well, you can watch Coco as well, but it, the school won't be showing Coco. Oh, okay. Um, now I have to reset my mind. For twenty dollars, you can go ahead and park at St. Francis of Rome, and there'll be a huge screen, kind of like a drive-in theater, and oh, okay. you'll have some popcorn and and come and enjoy the show. Can it's I a good fundraiser. My, my chocolate from uh, Halloween? Uh, that's a good question for the school. Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you very much again for joining us on uh, the Guiding Light on Route 66. And we hope to see you guys or hear from you. or Well, you can contact Father Richard at any time. See you Sunday. Yes, but see you Sunday. This episode of The Guiding Light on Route 66 was recorded in Azusa, California and produced by SFR Media Productions. Music for the intro and outro was used with permission from Epidemic Sound. 
For music like this and more, please visit epidemicsound.com. For more information about this podcast, please visit www.sfrchurch.org.